The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on Crawl Call, we're learning the ABCs of ABC with Nathan Varney. He'll tell us what it takes to keep General Hospital in stable condition, the middle on top, and once upon a time, happily ever after. Plus, we'll dish those jaw-dropping TGIT dramas from Shonda Rhimes, and GH fans, stay tuned because we'll even have a sneak peek at what to expect in Port Charles in 2016. This is gonna be a show you don't want to miss. And this is Crawl Call. Welcome to another episode of Kroll Call. I am your host, Dan Kroll. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with me. This is our last live show of 2015. What? That sounds sort of crazy. I don't know that I've, I've fully embraced the fact that 2015 is coming to an end. It's been warm here in the East. It's not quite winter-like. Uh, Christmas is a week away. I don't know what's going on. All I know is that It will be 2016 before you know it, and I'll still probably be saying that it's 2015. With that, of course, that comes the last-minute rush that everybody has because, as I said, next week is Christmas Day. And here on the show, we have a brand-new show. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. It'll be a show with some music and some memories. Uh, I've got to admit that I don't have all of my reindeer in a row just yet, so I'm not entirely sure what the show will be about, but I do know that it's going to be a good time. I do know that you're going to want to listen to it, and you'll probably be singing along, and of course, you can always listen to it in the archives if you miss it because you're spending time with your family. Are you done with your Christmas shopping? I need to know this. These are the, you know, I see people running around and they're last minute, they run into the Walmart and are are grabbing cans of pork and beans and trying to figure out who they can give them to because they've run out of time. So I need to ask you, are you done? Are you one of those people who likes to do everything at the last minute? And if you do, I mean, you have less than a week now. So you're going to have to pick up what you need, get it home, wrap it, put it under the tree, unless of course you're one of those gift bag people. I've got to tell you, not a fan of the gift bag. Uh, I would rather have a, a present that looks like it's been wrapped by a dog than a gift bag. But it is the thought that counts. And of course, I do accept cash. No need to wrap that up. You can always slide it into my hand if you like. I'd appreciate that. And one of the other big topics I think that comes up every Christmas is what color lights to use. I've been asking on my Facebook page and Twitter feed at Dan J. Kroll all week, 
If you guys prefer the multicolor, if you have a single solid color that you like, or if you are the clear slash white lights. So far, it's been pretty overwhelmingly in favor of the white slash clear lights this year, but there's still time to weigh in on which you prefer. So send me a message on Twitter. Let me know which ones you prefer. I sort of want to put this to uh, a test. I want to see if it stays the same, if it's cyclical, or you know, if, if it just seems like a sort of a, a hodgepodge here, because I've been trying to get some decorating ideas. Ideas. You know, I've moved into a new house. We're calling it Kroll Manor. Uh, was at a house that's even bigger. It's called the White House. I was down there for a day or two earlier in the week. Uh, I got to tell you, it's really kind of beautiful. If you haven't had a chance to tour the White House, I'm not entirely sure what you need to do. I'm sure it's a lot harder to get into now than it was in years past, but they have these little amazing paper snowflakes for every state. They've got more Christmas trees and you can shake a wreath at and they had some snowmen, I swear to you, multiplied every time I turned my back. There was one, turned my back, there were two. If I stayed any longer, I, I get the feeling that I may not have made it back safely to do today's show, but it was really nice. I've got some of the photos from my trip there on my Instagram and Twitter accounts. You can find them at Dan J. Kroll. If you are following me on Facebook, I've also posted a bunch there, so go and check them out. And I guess the next gift that comes is this show. And we've got a first guest coming up who also happens to be the only guest this week. He's going to hang out with us for the entire hour. And I think that's a good thing because there's quite a bit to talk about this week, including General Hospital, Once Upon a Time. I'm going to try to find a way to work in some of the shows that I happen to personally like, like Grey's Anatomy and Fresh Off the Boat. Nathan Barney's title is Manager, Current Programming for the ABC Network. What does that mean? What does he do? I think it's time to find out. Nathan, Welcome to Crawl Call. Dan, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I am so glad to have show. you here. Thank you. Thank you, you know, so much. It's, it's going to be fun. It's, you know, the thing about this show that you know, I don't know if people realize is most of the stuff comes strictly from whatever's rattling around in my brain. There's usually never <laughs> any rhyme or reason. We just sort of, uh, of get to things. So if, if you can deal with that for oh, about absolutely. 50 I was going to say, it tends to be how my brain works as well. So I think we're, we're compatible in that, that department. Good. Uh, there was one thing, Nathan, coming into today's show that uh, was the most asked question of me. I already know the answer. I know you know the answer, sure. but I, I want to let folks out there know. GH was preempted today in most markets uh, because there was a, a presidential address. And then for the, the markets that that didn't affect, there was an right. encore broadcast. So what happens to today's show? Have we lost it forever? Uh, the good news is we have not lost it forever. We've been pretty Obama. President Obama tends to be on a pretty routine schedule every year. So we know the Friday before he takes off for the holiday vacation, there's usually going to be some kind of a, a, a end of the year wrap up and address. And unfortunately, they usually White House loves to program during uh, one of the feeds of General Hospital. So we were prepared this year to a degree, but we never know exactly how long he's going to speak for and what time it's going to start, what time it's going to finish. They're always very vague with that information. So um, it's a little nerve wracking. It's always my, I feel like it's the White House, you know, gift to me at the, at the end of the year, right before we break for the holiday as well, um, to kind of keep us on our toes. But um, we are pleased to announce that we were, we'll actually be pushing today's show to Monday. So uh, everything just gets pushed back one day. We were planning on having an encore presentation on Christmas Eve. That'll now be a brand new episode, which will feel a little bit more organic because the episode on the 24th is is all about Christmas Eve, so uh, it'll now air 
<laughs> on Christmas Eve. So everything just pushes back one day. The holiday ball, you know, is, is currently going on, really kicks in the high gear on Monday. We have India re-performing on Tuesday and uh, a very, very touching Christmas Eve, um, Christmas episode coming up on the 24th. So not to fear if you missed it or if you turned in and wondered why we were doing a repeat of the Thanksgiving episode uh, in some of the markets today, that is uh, precisely the reason. And everybody will uh, get to see it on Monday. And, and of course, we apologize for having to rip it off the schedule today, but um, I'm glad we get to show it on air Monday. I have to tell you, I I was at lunch when all of this happened, and they they Mm -hmm. snuck. I don't eat mushrooms, and they put mushrooms on my food and ate it, and I thought Uh I had like a magical mushroom because I came home, put on the GH, (laughs) and it was Thanksgiving, and I thought, ooh, what did they? You're like, what day is this? What what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) What did they slip in? I do want to quick, before we get into the other stuff, the – the Nutcracker Gala has sort of the sponsorship of Toys for Tots this year. I'm wondering, how did that all come about? Because this is one of those charities that has been around for a while and does such Absolutely. great good. I'm wondering, how did GH become partnered with this? Uh, Toys for Tots is one of the, I guess, I guess you could call it the priority charity of the Walt Disney Company. Uh, we partner with our uh, charitable foundation here at Disney, and there's uh, some great folks that, you know, uh, throughout the entire year, you know, we, we, they deal with uh, various chari- charities, including Toys for Tots. Um, they, they're always kind of going after us for, you know, there's a month of like all about, you know, reading, and there's a, there's a month about, you know, Bully Awareness Month. So, um, that citizen group and slash charity group is always trying to incorporate storylines with all of our shows at ABC, not just General Hospital. So they reach out to us, and if it makes sense, and it it, it was one that really made sense this year because we were you know going to have the, the uh, holiday ball for the first time, and uh, we decided to team up with that charity, and we put out some bins amongst the cast of uh, General Hospital. So the casting crew donated a lot of the toys that you kind of see in the bins in the back. Background, and you'll see more of that on Monday as well on the show. And um, I think last week there was um, there some photo opportunities with some members of the military and the Toys for Tots people, along with our executive producer, Frank Valentini, and a lot of the cast members that um, I know has been circulated around on social media and, and various websites. So that's kind of how it all came about, and they are a terrific partner, and, and we are always more than happy to pitch in when we can. You mentioned Disney. We can't really get through this episode without mentioning one of Disney's other projects. It's something, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this properly. <laughs> star something, Wars? Something with Star, yeah. Something about a war and stars. <laughs> I, I, I heard it was opening, well, open last night officially, but I heard, uh, all I know is they were starting screenings on our studio lot this morning at 8 a.m. I, I knew that this preamp was coming, so I unfortunately was not part of that screening this morning, but I know a lot of employees that were. So um, there is definite Star Wars mania across the Walt Disney Company, which is, is huge between all the, the cable networks, the broadcast network. Um, it, it feels like it's everywhere, right? And it looks it like it's on does. its way to making kajillion dollars. So uh, yeah, <laughs> very I kinda... happy for our, for our parent company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're very happy. So you haven't exactly. seen it now. Not to bring it down, but there's something else in the, the company. I, I find this somehow, every year, this is just a little more morally outraging to me. But 
I am once again not on Barbara Walters' most fascinating people list. I need to know. That is a crying shame, Dan. I've got to send a memo to ABC News. Maybe we can send something to Barbara herself. I I mean, I totally agree with you. You need to be on there. What do I need to do? I need to step up my game. I'm I'm not willing to, you know, there's some things that folks did on the list, not willing to go that far. But what do I need to do? I need to get on this list. I, I, you know, you're on my list, so maybe well, it's just a change of host, perhaps, or, or something like that. So I, I find you to be terribly fascinating, but uh, <laughs> we've got to get you introduced to Barbara Walters and, and all her producers, and I, I feel like maybe 2016 is going to be your year, right? Well, I can we, feel it. Hopefully, or or, or 2017. We can we can look out. We can we can play it slow. <laughs> you know, oh, I want to give you the due fanfare that you deserve, Dan. So <laughs> once we do have you on the list, it's going to be huge. It's going to be big. Oh. All right. Well, 2016, if I don't make the most fascinating people list, it will, <laughs> however, be your 10th anniversary of working for ABC. I'm curious how right, did well, all thanks this... For reminder, thanks for reminding me, Dan. It's a, a good thing. I mean, you'll get one of those little statues. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to my next... Uh, I, I can't remember. I think 10 is a, is, a little, is a little Disney character button. I know five years, I believe I have a, a Jiminy Cricket button somewhere. That was celebrating five. And, and recently, they started to give people one-year buttons. So uh, I'm almost a 10. And I think well, if you go 25 years, you actually get like a little Mickey statue or something. You do. So, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, don't ask how I know this. I follow the people on the Twitter machine. I know these things. So <laughs> you go. Exactly. How did you get so. to ABC? I'm, I'm curious. You know, for me, I never planned to be doing any of this. I was going to be a doctor. What about you? What was your your early path? How did you? I yeah, get I was a weird. Far? I was a weird kid. <laughs> you know, who was very obsessed with television. I when I was a really young kid, I was uh, obsessed with the rain. And growing up in California, you know, we don't have tons of it, and our seasons don't change too much. So, I had it all planned out by the time I was like nine or ten years old. I wanted to go uh, University of Utah. In Oregon, I wanted to become a teacher and live in the rain, and 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 that was kind of my <laughs> career path until I magically took a trip to Los Angeles and saw uh, two television tapings. One was in the afternoon. It was a Vicki Lawrence talk show called Vicki with an exclamation point, mm-hmm. and that was a kind of a celebrity-filled uh, daytime talk show with Vicki Lawrence. And then a couple hours a couple hours later, I was in the studio audience for a taping of Coach with Craig T. Nelson, and ironically enough, for, for ABC. So uh, well, something hit me walking onto the, both of those sound stages, or something to this day about the smell of a sound stage as I walk into one or as I walk by. I don't know if it's just the enormous amount of air conditioning that's pouring out of it or the combination of the construction and the wood. There's just something very, very magical about a sound stage to me to this day. So it kind of it, it really grasped my attention, and this was about 13 or 14 years old, and I bugged my, my dad to come take me to Hollywood every single summer. I, I used to pause credits after the end of TV shows and write to producers and say, Dear producer, I want to do what you do. And some of them would write back and, and invite me down to have some, you know, some time with them and Q&A and sit, sit on sets and observe, which was really fantastic. So I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I didn't know I would be a network executive. That was something I wasn't really introduced to until probably college, where that, you know, I didn't even know that job really existed. Um, but um, I really wanted to work on sitcoms, but I started on a game show, uh, then worked on a bunch of reality shows. Um, and uh, finally got onto a couple sitcom sets as a PA and uh, executive producer's assistant, and 
then kind of went from there and joined a small studio called Regency Television for a short stint in uh, drama development. That was the studio responsible for Malcolm in the Middle and the Bernie Mac show. So I had a really good experience over there and then uh, wound up here about nine years ago and uh, have been here ever since. They haven't, they haven't kicked me out yet. So it's, uh, it's been a good run. It's been really enjoyable. And I got to say, I, I really, what keeps me at ABC is really our programming. I, I really enjoy our programming out of all the broadcast networks. Uh, even if I didn't work here, I'd probably be watching the most shows you know, out there on ABC. So that's, that's as quickly as I possibly can tell that story. <laughs> I have to say, I, I find myself watching more of ABC than the other networks as well in terms of, of where I, I, I go and, and what I'm watching. I am all over yeah, the absolutely. dial, but sure, uh, it just seems like, you know, I put on here in Philly, I put on in the, well, not in Philly anymore, but here and right. wherever I am, uh, <laughs> the Channel 6, 6 ABC, watch it, and it's usually on at least one of the TVs. So yeah, absolutely. now that you are at General Hospital, I want to look yeah. back. I can't, this is, still seems weird. I said it at the top of the show. I want to look back on the last 12 months of what went on in 2015 in GH. For you, what are some of your personal highlights? What are some of the things that stand out to you the most? Well, for me, we start off the year. We shot a digital short called GH Now, which was, which was uh, I mean, Nancy Lee Grom was probably one of the mm-hmm. first actresses or actors on that show to reach out to me. Uh, I, I had a meeting with her probably my first or second month working on the show, which was about two and a half years ago. Uh, we just seemed to hit it off, and, and there was kind of this mutual liking of one another, and, and she was pitching out. Uh, a few things to me, and and we really kind of honed in on perhaps we should attack the digital world, and uh, we were shooting the nurses ball uh, one spring, and I was sitting there with my boss, who's Vicky Dummer, who who runs current programming here at ABC, and for me, I feel like I had done every single genre in television, drama, comedy, game shows, reality shows, but I had never worked on a talk show before. And I loved talk shows growing up. I was kind of a, a talk show fiend, if, if you will, and, and even had my own little talk show in, in my backyard as a, as a small child. So it has always been something I wanted to attack. I came up with, originally I wanted to do kind of like an after show for General Hospital and through a bunch of meetings and hooking up with our digital producers and bringing Nancy and a writing important partner, Corey, on, uh, we came up with GH Now, and uh, we did six mini-episodes, which uh, we launched last January of uh, this year, 2015, and just, you know, I really just... One of the most fun I've ever had, just incredibly hands-on with that whole process um, with every single aspect. So to me, the year kicked off with a really great digital series um, that uh, I I hope we get to do more of one day because it was a lot of fun, very fun creative outlet. It, It really combined our talent on GH, our producers, everyone was just working really hard, not only on the regular show, but giving their all and, and, their, and their time and their energy and all doing it for the labor of, the sh- labor of love for the show, digital series. Um, so that kicked off the year. Uh, we then went in, I, I think, you know, Nurses Ball was extraordinarily fun this year to me. Um, you know, we had a lot of fun moments with with Spencer uh, Cassadine on the show and uh, Nicholas's son. Um, it was also uh, some really memorable episodes for me where, where we hooked up with Shriners Children's Hospital to do uh, a burn victim story for, for Spencer as well. 
Um, having Billy Miller take on the role of Jason over the past year and a half has been really fantastic. I think Billy is a phenomenal actor, as, as I'm sure everyone knows, uh, from his previous work. And he's brought a really exciting new layers to, to the role of Jason Morgan. So um, that, that also was a continuing excitement to see in 2015. I know for some it <laughs> dragged on a li- little bit too long, but... Um, it was exciting. And then, you know, towards the summer, uh, writing a soap opera has got to be one of the hardest things to do. You're doing 260 episodes a year. It's an enormous cast. It's an enormous amount of stories. And I, I think, you know, it, 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 writers come and go. And, and we, you know, we parted ways with Ron Carvalotti over the summer. But we, we and, you know, we... Um, we in turn got two incredibly new talented writers and, and Shelley Altman and Jean Passanante who really brought some new, you know, new fresh original ideas into the show and, and their episodes finally hit the air in early October. And, and I've been a huge fan. I think their writing and their stories, the time that they're taking feels right to me. Um, you know, how I gauge it when, when not only as I'm reading through outlines and scripts, but when I finally get the rough cut, I, I've in the last, last uh, three or four months have just been super excited by watching these rough cuts. And, and the best part is like, I want to immediately watch the next episode. So if they can keep on that track, I feel like, um, we, we've, uh, got some great stuff in there, but you know, we've had other great, I mean, we've had, there's so many stories that go on the show every year. I mean, you know, it's obviously it's easier to kind of remember the most recent ones, but you know, I think it was time for a shakeup with Dante and Lulu. It's, it's been an interesting story and it will continue to be an interesting story in 2016 about, uh, their separation. And, and if there's any love left between these two, um, who really, I think are destined for one another. So we'll see if, if they can fix their issues and problems and get back together in, in 2016. Um, what else am I leaving out? I mean, I, there's just so many great stories. I there are. Uh, Carly has been fantastic this fall. Um, Laura Wright has been phenomenal in that role as Carly. Her, her uh, I mean, just one amazing performance after another. I just watch her on, you know, my studio feed or in person or on cuts. Um, and she is amazing to me. So it's, it's been a great year. And of course, then we, we said goodbye to Tony, Tony Geary as well. And that was an, a, you know, a monumental uh, event for GH history. Yeah, so, I want to talk uh, about that a bit. Yeah, Only because There's a, a bunch of them. But I, I want to mention the April story that was done for the anniversary show with Luke's sure. backstory, which was so amazing and so powerful. And then we found out uh, a couple of months later that Tony Geary had decided to leave in retrospect, do you think mm-hmm. that there was maybe an opportunity lost? I don't know how the scheduling went, and I don't know who knew what, when, and why. Right. It seems for a lot of people like that could have been the way to write out Luke uh, rather than in trying to figure it out a couple of, of months later. And I, I've heard that from a lot of fans, and you know what's done is done. But uh, looking right, back exactly. at it now, what do you think? Oh, absolutely! I totally agree. If I, if someone could, you know, say when, <laughs> when could, when would you have ideally wanted Tony Geary's last day to be? That would definitely be the anniversary show. But at that time, you know, I, I didn't. I don't think we knew when we were shooting that that uh, he would be wrapping up um, his his role in July. So it is, like you said, it's a lot of scheduling. It's, it's a lot of, there was a lot of scheduling when it came to Tony because of his back surgery. We extended that story perhaps a little too long as well, but it's, you know, it's one of those delicate balances that 
the writers, the producers, the network all have to balance out when when an actor needs to go away for a certain amount of time to to take care of himself. And we always support our talented at uh, at General Hospital. And um, I, I admire Frank Valentini so much for really being probably one of the most accommodating producers that I've ever worked with when when it comes to uh, his crew and his talent, and and really being accommodating to letting people go you know, really concentrate on themselves first. The show is, of course, enormously important, but when someone needs to, you know, be gone for a few months, um, it's it's a very accommodating place to work. So I'm glad that Tony had that surgery and, and had time to recuperate. Um, you know, and again, looking back, if, if that would have been his last show, it probably, you know, fantastic. It probably would have been great. However, then we might have not had Laura back. And, and I think to me, that was something that was very important to me working on the show for the last two and a half years. Laura's last stand on the show was, was kind of wrapping up when I started on the show in the summer of 2013. And it was important to me to finally get her back on the show. I think she's enormously important to uh, the legacy of General Hospital. And I think there's so much story still to be told uh, with the character of Laura. I think Jeannie is a fantastic actress and just uh, an incredible asset to the show. So I'm really excited to have her back. And, and that was because we needed to kind of tell one last story. It also, you know, now I think about it looking back even more, it was an opportunity to bring back Nathan Parsons, Jonathan Jackson. So, and to me, being a, you know, being a fan of General Hospital since I was a kid, it was fun to see those guys back on the show as well. You mentioned the fact that there is also there were a change at the writing level. Sure. Uh, sure. Would like to know, you know, you've got a show like GH. It's been on the air for more than 50 years. And you bring in new writers, and not everybody has clearly has been there through the entire run of the show. Sure. What is done to assure that there's a continuity, that somebody knows, oh, my gosh, you know, the 50-year history of this particular character or uh, of this particular family so that when fans watch, because fans have watched in a lot of cases, 50 plus years, every single day, haven't missed anything. And they pick up on everything. You could mention that someone wore a blue shirt and they'll say, nope, (laughs) it was orange. You're wrong. You've ruined the history of my show. You know, (laughs) how do you keep an eye on that and balance knowing all of the intricacies? It's, I mean, I, I will not lie to you. It is difficult, but I will say everyone pitches in. We have a weekly note calls on all of our new breakdowns or, or outlines uh, every Monday with our executive producer, our producing staff, and our entire writing staff. Um, we have a Los Angeles-based writer who's been on the show for 22 years, I believe, Elizabeth Quirt. And she is uh, really our kind of go-to Bible for General Hospital. Uh, we also have a continuity person on the show as well. So between the two of them and, of the course, of the support of everyone else who you know, has known and loved the show for all these years, we do try to keep each other very honest. We have at least... I mean, probably five or six continuity questions or comments every single week on our on our on our notes call. So it's definitely something that uh, we are we are just very conscious of. Which, of course, there's always going to be something, a little something here and there that falls through the crack. I think you know there was a, a kind of a infamous scene where I, I think Tony was rewriting a little bit on set. 
uh, over the summer. But it's you know that that stuff happens, and and you know it's it we shoot sometimes up to 150, 160 pages a day on this show, and we're going at such an incredible pace that every once in a while, unfortunately, something is going to slip through the cracks ever so slightly. Um, and then every once in a while, it's there's a little bit to be you know we don't ever really want to go in changing the history or the course of the show, but sometimes some of the history needs to be tweaked ever so slightly uh, for the benefit of a character we know and love. So there, you know, there's, there's tweaks. It's the same thing when new regimes of the show will bring back people from the dead. It's, you know, every once in a while you're going to have to kind of tweak uh, the show uh, for, the, for, I think, the better of the show. And every single decision is talked about probably for, for at least two to three months during the story pitch, during the, uh, the outline writing, then the script writing, and then when they go into production, which there's always tweaks going on even when we're shooting the show and, and rewrites even on tape days. So uh, it's, it's a big team, and, and that team works incredibly hard, and, and I, I admire everybody on the show just because it, it's, it's mind-boggling to me to be able to track, you know, doing that many episodes a year for, for 52, 53 years. Two other exits to talk about. We've talked about a couple. Um, sure. One, Duke was killed off. A lot of people yeah. felt very strongly about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt strongly, I think, you know, if, if there was any mistake on my part, I, I you know, it's, I talk about this with my boss as well a lot. And, uh, you know, there's, there's always difference of opinion throughout the, the network and between my boss and I. And I understand why, why we did it. I, I think, you know, it's provided a, a big, big story for Anna to go through the post-grieving. On the flip side, being a fan of the show, I'm a huge fan of Duke, the character, and Ian, the actor. I think he's fantastic. He helped us out as a guest on GH Now. I have nothing but the utmost respect for Ian as an actor. I think he's, I think he's fantastic. Um, but Frank and Ron were responsible for you know, bringing that character back and then, of course, ultimately deciding to kill him off for... But again, you know, these are for story reasons and story purposes. Uh, Fanola Hughes and her character are just so instrumental uh, with GH that, that you know, I feel like the writers felt like they need to make a case to give her something really big, which I think, for the most part, you know, has paid off this fall in, in trying to avenge for Duke's murder and really... You know, Anna Anna has gone through a tremendous amount of, you know, post post Duke murder of, of of emotions and and therapy and how she's feeling. So I understand the reason. Would would I've liked to see him on probably a little longer? Sure, of course. But at the same time I you know, just despite popular opinion, the network does not dictate a hundred percent of the story. We don't sit around saying, Here's what we'd like you to do next. You know, we really give trust in all of our ABC shows. It's not just General Hospital, but there's a philosophy here at ABC that you really, really want to trust the writers of the show. It's 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 you know, in, in a sense it's their show. Yes, it's the fan show as well, and I totally respect that as well. But uh, you know, it's it's these these creative guys, men and women, who write our shows, both primetime and daytime, are are to me a tremendous talent. So a lot of times, you know, you, you want to go with the guys, the men and women who you've paid to to come up with the creative on the show, and and sometimes you got to just trust your gut instinct and and you know and pull the trigger. 
Well, let's talk about that. We we sure. know in theory what writers do. We know in theory what executive producer does. And, and yeah, you've mentioned what the network does or doesn't do. What is your responsibility? How do you fit into this puzzle? What is it that you do in in the puzzle that is GH to make things get to the air? How do you fall into that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a current programming department, so every single show, regardless if it's you know Grey's Anatomy, General Hospital, Scandal, The Middle, any show has what's called a current executive, and the current executive is responsible for kind of, you know, the quality control is what I, I tend to tell people the most. Uh, ABC has purchased these, these shows and has hired writers and producers to make the shows. However, there's a template usually that, especially on the primetime side, because most of our shows, you know, well, none of our shows have been around for as long as General Hospital. So there's a show that you have purchased that you want to make sure the quality is, is you know, equal to a great pilot and that you keep the consistency. So there is a portion of, of network executives' job to give creative feedback on all story pitches and outlines and scripts. And then we, you know, we see rough cuts and, and we'll give any kind of feedback that is needed um, from our end. And then we also, you know, on, on the primetime side, we'll work with our development executives as well on new shows on the first like six or seven episodes together. So um, the people that were really in the know of, of developing a show and, and shooting the pilot and getting that show to series, it's really important to ABC to, you know, to try to get every single show to be a success. And obviously that, that doesn't happen in our, in the TV business too much because it is kind of a business of failure. But so there's a lot of that quality control, just kind of keeping the wheels in motion. Um, in addition on general hospital, we don't have a studio, for example, like, you know, YNR and Bull and the Beautiful and Days of Our Lives has Sony television as a partner. Uh, ABC owns general Hospital, So we act as our own studio counterparts the studio part is really interesting to me because it is less about the actual note giving and, and less about the creative and more about the nuts and bolts in the day to day, which includes budgets and casting. Uh, uh, I do a lot of uh, integrated marketing. Uh, I work with that team out of New York and LA to see, you know, uh, usually the nurses ball has a sponsor. That's all part of an integration plan. So we work a lot with sponsors. Uh, we work on general hospital with Shriners hospital. We're going to be coming back doing another story in February uh, with Shriners hospital. Um, it's not going to be a burn story, but it is going to be another, um, another area of expertise that Shriners is, is great at. So we work with their doctors and, and their medical experts in kind of formulating the perfect story that everyone's happy with. So there's a lot of, a lot of kind of overseeing and, and making sure everyone is connecting with each other. There's a, you know, I consider myself a liaison between all the various departments. We have so many departments at ABC. You know, we have broadcast and standards, and we have a whole digital department. We have a social media department. We have a huge marketing department. So my job is also to keep our internal departments up of what we're working on in terms of story. Um, I have a meeting every other week with marketing to go over like, okay, here are the big plot points and stories coming up for January and February. And here's kind of like the immediate stories coming up for the holiday ball. And, and, and here's, you know, Frank will shoot stuff on his iPhone and we send that to social media to promote. Um, digital puts together holiday videos sometimes. They also put together clips of the day. They do sneak previews of tomorrow. So I'm always looking at kind of seeing what their work is, what, what, they're, what they're planning to do for the next week or for the next couple of months. So it's, it's a lot of just behind the scenes 
putting people together, having a voice, making sure that, you know, my job is really to support the show and make sure that we're all supporting the show from the network level. And then you, you, to further, you know, get into the nuts and bolts, uh, you know, I, it goes to me when we have to make a decision about whether we preempt, like today is a perfect example. Are we going to preempt that show? Do we preempt it just in the 2 o'clock Eastern time zone and let the 3 o'clock Eastern and the Pacific zones and mountain zones view it? So depending on the show and the content and how big of an episode it is, that, that responsibility falls to me in you know, combination and conjunction with our, with our uh, engineers in New York and, and all that. So it's a very, you know, there's just tons, tons of the show that I think would probably take forever to explain. But if you kind of think of it as, you know, you've got one person in charge of the day-to-day operation. And then for any huge decisions, like if we're bringing in a new contract actor, if we need some absolutely, you know, huge scenes approved or if we're going to kill off a character, then all that stuff would go up to um, my boss, Vicki Dummer, and we would have a conversation together. And then I also meet with my boss once a week just to download her on what, what the latest is on uh, on the show and the story and, and how things are looking for the future. Um, so there's, there's, you know, there's, there's plenty to fill up the day, should, should, uh, I, I should say. <laughs> I can imagine. And, and one of those things, too, is having a presence on social media. I will say sure, that yeah. uh, prior to, say, July, one of the most prolific people tweeting GH was Ron. Um, yeah. And that people felt, you know, uh, Many different ways. Uh, sure. He would hear from people who liked what he did. He would hear from people who didn't like what he did. I'm assuming Absolutely. now that you are very much uh, a face of GH, you may get a lot of that as well. How do you feel about being on social media? Any regrets for being so involved in the process? I originally got on social media because we, you know, as an ABC team, everyone from our network executives to our marketing executives to our cast to our crew, everyone's really encouraged to promote their shows. And and I happen to love my shows that I work on, and I really like to get behind the shows that I'm assigned to. So originally it was just, you know, I got on and I really wanted to... Um, you know, reach out to help people. Thank you for watching. And and really, it was that was kind of uh, that was my uh, you know kind of kind of uh, purpose of getting on social media in the first place. Is I, I wanted to engage with fans, and I and I did want to listen to when they did you know do have concerns. Social media sometimes is hard because you have segments of the population who, uh, you know, tend to be a little louder than others. So, you you know, it's a good mix. So I, I don't think you would necessarily take 100%. You know, you wouldn't do a, a focus group based on social media per se, but it is really, really instrumental to just kind of get, it's, it's one way to also get immediate feedback too. So um, I, I don't regret it at all. I, I think there's, you know, there's definitely a way that you have to utilize social media to keep your own sanity. Uh, I think if you, if you read too many comments, I think you're liable to <laughs> maybe jump off the roof at the end of the day. But um, if you kind of take it with a grain of salt and, and, and really, you know, my, my sole reason, for, again, for being on social media is just to show how much I do care, do love these shows, and how much I do appreciate the fans that we have who have been watching these shows. I hear from so many people who have been watching General Hospital for 20, 30, 40, 50 years even. And those are the people who, who really, really mean a lot to me because they keep, you know, they keep, ultimately they keep the show on the air. And that to me is incredibly important. So I uh, want to yeah, talk about that too with the, the fact of with the internet, with social media, 
people can yeah. post pretty much anything that they want. Um, yeah, there totally. is no real uh, accountability when you have a little egg as your icon or do whatever you <laughs> exactly. want. Exactly, and you make up and a name for yourself. And- sometimes uh, by acknowledging things that people post on Twitter, it can cause things to bring on a whole life of their own. Recently, you did acknowledge that there were some websites out there. I'm not entirely sure what their names are. Please don't come after me. Uh, things are in my <laughs> head, guys. Uh, saying that you know, General Hospital was about to be canceled, ABC had decided that the show was done, and you did acknowledge it saying, hey, this isn't the case. Why choose to acknowledge it if it's not true? Um, it, it's a case by case. If, if I, if I read stuff and it, and it tends to get out of control and it's just, you know, what I feel is basically if it's so much fabricated news and gossip and, you know, some of these websites report stuff as, as, you know, as if it's the gospel and if they're hearing this stuff from the show, it's, you know, it, it's hard for me to let that go. So there's some aspects and there's, there's a, I mean, trust me, there's tons and tons of rumors every single day where I can ignore and be like, oh, it's, it's you know, that's, that's part of the social media thing. That's part of the job. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be addressed. This became so big that people were sending me hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of private messages even on Twitter and Facebook where they seem to be incredibly worried. And when people get incredibly worried like that, I, I don't think the network should remain completely silent. So without naming names, I simply said, you know, unfortunately, some of these websites were producing completely fabricated, you know, basically stories made up about General Hospital and, and the future of the show. And, and it just was not true. And so um, instead of letting people worry and, and freak out, I think it's better to make a, a simple statement saying, you know, everyone can kind of take a deep breath. No one has called me into their office. We're, we're not in any danger of, of pulling the plug on, on this show at this you know, present time. And uh, I, I think for the most part, most people are appreciative when somebody actually engages and, and speaks up and says, you know, hey, I, I happen to be an insider. This is a show I work on. And we're, we're totally fine. So, so that was the intention of that. Other times, if it is completely just made up and there's little story points here and there that, you know, there's all kinds of, I mean, there's, there's hundreds of sites about, uh, you know, spoilers and, and gossip stuff. But I know that's part of the fun, you know, of speculating what's to come on the show. And, and obviously, I'm not here to stomp that out at all. But um, I, I think there are certain fans that, that do take that to be a little bit on the serious side. So a lot of times people ask me of, well, so-and-so says this is absolutely happening and it's kind of like well you know probably not but you you've got to kind of believe what what you want to believe at the end of the day and and if you want to take on negativity then that's that's your thing and you know free speech and all and, and so feel free you know but uh uh, to me, being a fan of a show is obviously having totally fine with being people being critical of the show. It's just when people start making stuff up about the show that's just completely untrue. That, that's when I feel like a statement has to be made. All right. Well, let's talk about another thing that's out there that people seem to sort of think about. There sure. is, perceived or otherwise, a belief that there is a, a war between General Hospital and the Young and the Restless. Of course, GH has Billy Miller, or we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but Jason Thompson's joining the Young and the Restless. You know, there's some writers that have changed, some executive producers. Sure. 
Are people putting too much into this? Is there, as with anything, I mean, you look at Coke and Pepsi, I'm sure they enjoy their rivalry. The commercial recently with Microsoft and Apple, where Microsoft sent the folks down to sing in front of the Apple building. You know, there are such things as as friendly rivalries. What's really going on uh, that folks love to point out that, you know, there are casting wars, there are hiring wars between GH and the Young and the Restless? Um, I, I think, like you said, it's friendly competition. I, I think this world has become relatively small. I mean, look, there, there are four broadcast soaps on the air now. So um, at the end of the day, I, I think when everyone gets together and, and we see each other at, at various events around town, there is really, the truth of it is, is there's really nothing but love between the four shows because at the end of the day, we really want to support, we want to see all these shows continue. We're not trying to take out another show. I hope the other shows aren't trying to take out us. It's, I think there's a place for all four of these shows to survive, and, and I hope all four continue to go forever and ever and ever. I, I love all four shows, and, and I completely admire and respect the crews and the producers and the writers at all of our shows. So, you know, it's a very small, what I've learned over the last couple of years of working on General Hospital, the soap uh, world is fairly small in this town, and they've all, they've all worked together. Um, so it, it's, uh, it's one of those things where sometimes, yes, it comes into a little bit of like musical chairs and, and now your GH talent is over there or now your head writer at one show is bounced over to another show. But again, at the end of the day, I think everyone's just really supportive and really wants this genre to succeed. Um, we had our Christmas party last night and, and we, you know, this, I can say working on a soap opera really feels like family and it's, you know, probably cause you're shooting year round and you're doing 260 episodes a year, but there is such a sense of family and and just warmness throughout the cast. We have some crew members who have been with us for almost 40 years. I mean, it's just, I can't even explain the love and the warmth. Even when I first started on the show, the first day I went to set, uh, I've never been greeted so warmly before. So I think there's a place for all these soaps. And, and you know, people are always going to come and go. It's, it's part of, I think, human nature to want to challenge themselves and work on new projects. And, and I fully, fully understand that. So. But that being said, of course, yeah. at the end of the day, 2016 Outstanding Drama Series, you, it's going to be GH, I, I would guess you would say, correct? <laughs> yeah, I would. I, hey, I'm always going to hope so. Look, I, when I'm going to the Daytime <laughs> Emmy Awards, I'm very happy for YNR and Bold and Beautiful and Days of Our Lives. Uh, do, uh, do we want the trophy ourselves? Of course, absolutely. But, you know, who, who doesn't want to be rewarded for a great, years of, you know, great year of work? When you have someone, in, in this case, we'll, we'll use Jason Thompson heading sure. over to The Young and the Restless. Do you ever sit back, you maybe, not necessarily individually you, maybe you as a collective, do you ever sit back and think, maybe we should have tried something more to keep someone? Or do you yeah, prescribe to the philosophy of, if someone wants to leave, it's not our job to keep them somewhere? No, I don't subscribe to that. because, And this is where, this is where I think... A lot of people, especially on social media, have a hard time, you know, the, when you don't know some, the full story, I think there's a lot of speculation. And, and I think there's, there's probably a lot of people who just picture me, you know, hanging out in my office and being like, oh, we're losing another one. Like, oh, well, la-di-da, there'll be more. But it's not that at all, you know, and, and not getting, I, I, I respect actors enormously, and I like to give them as much privacy as possible. But in the case of Jason Thompson, of course, there were, there were months and months of, of everybody, you know, you know, renegotiating deals and, and really having heart-to-heart conversations. 
and and really what it was on my on my end was was uh Jason you know had been playing this part for 10 years he has so many wide variety of interests that I think it's almost natural. I'm very sad to see him go. He is not only a great actor, but a really, really, really fantastic human being. Just saw him last night at the holiday party, and it, it was a love fest because we, you know, we've appreciated him being on the show so much over the last ten years. I, I think you know, playing playing Patrick over the last ten years has been just a wonderful experience for for not only ABC but for 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 Jason as well. And I, I'm, you know, once you try to keep somebody and you have many, many conversations and you really get to the root of, of what they're looking for and what they're looking, you know, to, to go on and do next, I think you have to be somewhat gracious and, and understand the need that actors need to branch out once in a while and it's time to play something new. And I would expect Jason to play many, many roles over the next course of his, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 year career still ahead of him. And, and even with, you know, his music career as well. Um, I, I admire Jason a lot because he's always looking to do something new and exciting. And, uh, uh, you know, of course I will miss him. I know our viewers will miss him, but, um, at the end of the day, you you have to do what's best for you as the individual, and this was the this is the best opportunity for him at at this time. So um, I, that's that's my explanation for that, I guess. We but have I had would, s- you know, in a perfect world, I would would love to see, of course, Jason Thompson continue at General Hospital. I, I think a lot of people feel that way, but we uh, sure. I'm looking at the time where we're far beyond where I thought we were. <laughs> we may have to do the ABC primetime stuff. Add a of little course. bit later. For yeah, those no, of you no, out no. there, if there's ABC primetime shows that you'd like, head over to abc.com. You can check them all out there. It's time to talk a little bit about 2016. It sounds like the future. It sounds like Nostradamus. It's only like three, four weeks away. I don't even know. <laughs> exactly. I so, know, right? Maybe we could do a little bit of tweaking and try to get a sneak preview. There have been a lot of people who've asked questions that I think we can sure. sort of frame into this. That would be and, fantastic. Uh, a lot of them are uh, about to say they're about love. Uh, Brittany wants to know if we're going to see Brad and Lucas. Uh, yes. <laughs> every, every week, uh, you know, we have, a, we have a bunch of contract actors and we have recurring characters who we try to filter in on some, some kind of, you know, at least a regular basis to a degree. I know it can't be every week, but uh, I do ask Shelley and Jean a lot on our, on our weekly calls. I'm like, you know, don't forget about Brad and Lucas. Where are they? And, and there is a resolution to this whole thing uh, with Brad being uh, married to Rosalie. So they'll be, you know, at least first few months of the year, I, I know they have some great stories. So, yes, love for, for Lucas and Brad, I, I believe, firmly in the future. There were, there's a lot, but the folks that uh, I saw their questions first, uh, it's Michael SDM on the Twitter machine. We've got Christina Jones. They all sort of revolve around Jason. The questions are... And mm-hmm. you can answer them however you need to. What's <laughs> sure. in store for Jason and Sam in 2016? One wants to know about the Jason-Liz, Jason-Sam rivalry. One wants to know if we can just get Jason a new love and, and, and stop having to worry about the Jason-Sam, Jason-Liz rivalry. Sure. Jason's got a lot that's going to be going on in 2016. I, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of that's going to revolve around his love life as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. At least, you know, as we kick off the year, I think this this is what makes this character interesting to me is that, yes, he, he, you know, still has not completely recovered all of his memories. Will his memories eventually come back? I'm I'm pretty sure they will. You know, I I can't give you or tell you an exact date. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what we're trying to play is layers with this character. And he is seeing Sam in a new light. So I think we're exploring you know, what is this new Jason and, and how has Sam grown? Like, look how much Sam has actually grown and her relationship with Silas and now her relationship with Patrick. She, she's not the same person she was when Steve Burton played this character, you know, uh, three years ago. So uh, it, there's a lot of fun to explore on will Sam and Jason kind of rediscover, you know, themselves or, or each other in a new light? And, and how will that affect how they feel for each other? And there's also something really interesting that Shelley and Gene are working on with not only, like, the question is, you know, beyond remembering just, you know, random memories of your life, what is it like when you have feelings attached to those memories? So we're going to start playing a little bit more in 2016 on some of the memories has some real uh, big impact on his inner feelings. And uh, I think when they kind of pitched that out, um, I, I was really on board because that to me is just is such a great study of, of you know, of, of you know, memories or not, what, what we all kind of feel as human beings inside. So I'm really looking forward to, to kind of playing out, you know, the Sam and Jason and, and, and what happens to Liz now that, of course, this, this lie has been revealed and, and where we all go from here. And, and of course, Jason's never going to be completely out of Liz's life because they, you know, he is the father of, of, uh, the, of some of the children with her. So, um, I, I think, uh, if people who stick in there with us are, are going to be really intrigued and, and really behind the story, it's going to be going to be a lot of fun. Jason needs to remember that sometimes those memories disappear for a reason. Stop digging. That's all I'm saying. Just, just <laughs> exactly. my personal advice. Another couple that gets a lot of talk about, and I don't know sure. that anybody ever expected this, but they even have their own little smushed name. They are Julexis. <laughs> I mean, right. no surprise there. Jillian and Alexis, I mean, sort of took on a life all of their own. I they can did. imagine that anyone really expected that, but what magic it is. I kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's incredible magic, and I love having a, a, a couple who is so hot and heavy who is not 20, who are not 25 years old, you know? So it's, it's, I think it's so relatable, and it's great to see on screen. I think, I think Nancy and Will have tremendous chemistry. And uh, I, I love to watch their scenes together. So, and then there is a big, there's a big moment that we actually wanted people to see in today's show, and that's part of the reason why we have moved the show to Monday. So, Monday is going to be a really, uh, really emotional, big show that uh, I would say Julexis fans would not want to miss. Well, then you better, uh, after we're done with this interview, better reach out to Nancy Lee Grand because she's planning to use stick figures or popsicle things to, to act this out <laughs> on, on which her could be entertaining, Which could be really entertaining, too. So I, I don't know. I might, I might have to support that, too. 
<laughs> I gotta say that might actually be kind of fun. We only have about two minutes. <laughs> only Nancy could, could get away with that too. <laughs> she probably and could. pull it off in a really humorous way. <laughs> I I definitely agree with that. So in about the, the two minutes that I have left for this show, Absolutely. what can folks expect in 2016 on a more grand scale? I mean, not with the the actual spoilers or details. What are we expecting in 2016? Uh, a lot more hospital stories. Um, some some really fun surprises in the hospital um, with uh, some legacy characters and people we know and love. So um, so stick around for that hospital. You know what Shelley and Jean have been saying that for months now. They they really do want to beef up the hospital staff, hospital stories, um, and want to to really recapture why the show is called General Hospital. And uh, also, there's going to be plenty of romance. The romance factor is through the roof for early 2016 and, and probably throughout the entire uh, rest of 2016. I only really know stories up into March-ish, March, mid-March. But, um, you know, we should have the nurses ball back sometime in the spring. We're working on story for that right now. That's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully some new performances, some really, really huge, huge story to go along with those performances. And um, perhaps a couple of surprise weddings along the, the, the path, too. So it's I'm going, going be, to... I've learned. I'm now going to have a surprise wedding. I'm going to crash the nurse's ball. And if that, Nathan, does not get me on the most fascinating people list, I'm moving on and giving up my quest. <laughs> exactly. That, that should definitely get you on. You know, and, and maybe some kind of a shocking death or you know, coma, uh, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, let's, that. Not, let's, let's, let's not kill anybody else, but let's, uh, let's make some drama. Let's give you a coma, Dan. How about that? Well, after the Emmys, I've got some red carpet stuff. I really, I <laughs> no problem. On. Whenever you're ready, let, just let us know. <laughs> if you are out there and you're listening and you're enjoying what you've heard, remember to tune into General Hospital. It's weekdays on ABC. You can go to abc.com to catch up on shows that you've missed. Nathan, how can folks find you on the social media? Uh, they can find me by looking up my first and last name on Facebook and sending me a, a friend request. I'm more than happy to friend them, and they will. Uh, I try my best to promote the show and, and do screen grabs and teases and all that fun stuff. And then on social media, on the Twitter side, it's just at Nathan Varney um, to find me on Twitter. And those are kind of the two places where I tend to hang out the most in terms of uh, GH News. And if you want the latest news on preamps and all that stuff, I try to keep people updated. Uh, to the best of my ability on, on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And hopefully, maybe we can have some of the GH talent on the show in 2016. Nathan, we're out of time, though, but I really want to thank you for hanging out with me for the last hour. Thank you, Dan. It's been really insightful and fantastic. So thank you so much. All right, gang, we'll be back next week. It's our Christmas show with some sort of Christmas magic. Can't tell you more about it, well, because I don't know what it is. But remember, the next time the phone rings, pick it up, because it could be the Kroll Call. See you guys next week. Oh, yeah,